Hello again, wrestling fans, and welcome to a special edition of the Fantasy Warfare Tournament. Uh, normally, we are at 6 o'clock on Wednesdays and usually pre-taped, but uh, life gets in the way, as we've uh, been experiencing the last uh, couple weeks. Uh, understandable, and thank you, fans, for being a part of this. This is Fantasy Warfare Tournament. If you were a first-time uh, person watching this or listening to it, whether you're listening later on on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you get your podcasts from, or watching live right now on Twitch, YouTube, or Facebook, we want to thank you for being a part of the show. Now, as we are live, because it is Thursday at 7.03, you can get involved with this and put in some comments. You can even vote this uh, tournament and see who makes it through. The tournament we're going to talk about is 16 of the greatest finishers that involves striking. So you're looking at things like spears, the elbow drop, styles clash, DDT, tombstone, super kick, uh, the cutters, whether it be RKO or diamond cutter. There's a whole bunch of them we're going to look at, 16 of them to be precise, and we're going to run it down in tournament style, telling what each move uh, looks like and what we think would advance uh, to the next round. So as I said, please uh, feel free to put your comments in. Tell us what you think uh, should be advancing. But uh, we're going to start this off. But one first reminder before we bring in our panelists, because uh, they're almost ready. I see one of them is there, Jonesy. Uh, just remind everybody that we are sponsored by CoolBet. Stay cool, bet responsibly. And they are our sponsor for... The Predictions League, the Scumbags Prediction League, which is available for each and every pay-per-view of WD, NXT, Impact Wrestling, and AEW. So just join us, earn points, and win that championship uh, by next year's WrestleMania. So cool bit. Thank you for being a part of the sponsorship. Stay cool. Bet responsibly. And we'll bring in our first call, Jonesy. He's in Hey. Finally settled <laughs> his new place got a little backdrop there i see um yeah last week we did this live on the fly as well and uh had a little technical issues so i'm hoping everything is going to go a little bit smoother tonight but how are you i'm pretty good um ready to knock this one out of the park uh some of these moves i know a lot of people like but i particularly hate there's a couple of them here that i think are terrible moves that i wouldn't be surprised that there's some arguments understandable and it also depends on who is performing them because i know uh once steven yeah. who's just logging in right now uh probably hears and sees stuff something like the code breaker of jericho that's probably going to not make it through to the next round unless you and i have a say in that which we do but we're going to talk to Steven. How are you, Steven? Oh, it has been... Uh, I don't even know if I have the right one up. What one are we doing? We are doing uh, strikes, finishers. So oh, that's the one Styles Clash, right? Styles Clash. Uh, Swanton? Swanton. Swanton. Yeah. All right. I'm. right. I'm pretty sure I'm on the right one now. How's my okay, camera? I'm so. sitting outside. I just want to make sure that. Yeah, we can see you. It looks uh, good. Are you here in London or are you back in Toronto? I'm here in London, okay. in lovely Byron. 
Oh, Byron. I work in Byron. I had to leave Byron this morning uh, to attend to my wife who was not well today. And you had, uh, unfortunately, a family member who was not well yesterday. So, Oh, it's still not going good. Oh. So at any point, I may have to run. Understandable. So, so we can hopefully rely on some fans to uh, log in and do this, but we're also going to run through it as quickly as we can because they're just finishers. We're not talking about a whole lot of career highlights. So let's uh, run that video and break down the uh, bracket. Oh, look, a cardinal. Oh, that's nice. So there you saw the video. So let me just pull up my mind because it's easier to read. So match one is Styles Clash versus Swanton. Match two is Tombstone versus DDT. Match three is RKO Cutter versus Codebreaker. Uh, <laughs> four here versus Elbow Drop. Match five is Pedigree Powerbomb. Match six is Stunner Superkick. Match seven is Canadian Destroyer uh, GTS. Match eight is Rock Bottom Frog Splash. Excellent. So, yeah, a lot of different uh, people uh, represented in there from uh, Sean Michaels. Uh, Kenta is the one I put in the video for the GTS. Of course, people know uh, CM Punk and uh, various frog splashes uh, from Eddie and RVD. So we'll uh, see who comes out on top. We'll start off with matchup number one as I get rid of the other screen. And it is a Styles Clash against the Swanton Bomb. So Styles Clash, obviously named after AJ Styles, uh, but he basically picks somebody up uh, from the waist and they're facing uh, both the same direction, so to say, at the hard camera. But AJ's standing on his feet while the opponent is facing downwards. AJ hooks his uh, legs around the arms and basically plants down and hopefully the uh, person taking the maneuver has his head bent back enough that he's not actually getting a face buster and getting uh, real damage because that has happened uh, in the past. And so uh, basically this uh, move was innovated by Colonel De Beers uh, and people yeah. know him possibly from AWA and there's been variations of it. Uh, Michelle McCool had the uh, Faith Breaker and Cesaro used the variation of it called the Neutralizer where he actually uh, cradles the uh, person's uh, 
and locks them around their legs and through their crotch and plants down. So it's pretty much the same move. We're using the word stylus clash for this. It's taking on the Swanton Bomb. So most famously, Jeff Hardy, but it's essentially coming off the top and going straight down almost like a swan and then turning just in time to get your uh, shoulders and your head hitting your opponent and you're rolling off. Um, a lot of people have uh, done it before and Jeff uh, coined his phrase of swanton because of how it looked for him. Um, just looking at these two though moves, I think the one that does most damage is probably going to be uh, something on the lines of the Styles Clash because Swanton, you're only getting hit with uh, your opponent's shoulders and not a full-on uh, body press. So for myself, I'm going with a Styles Clash. Steven? Oh, I'm going Styles Clash as well. I think it's just a better move. Gen Z, is it a pink sweet? And uh, just to let you know, Sean, you're sounding like a gremlin. Um, Personally, I think the Swanton is a much better move. The Styles Clash is one of those moves that I think is actually terrible. Um, it does not look very good. You watch it, it does not look like it would actually hurt you. He He's not able to actually, like, what is he doing to the guy? Trying to face plant him? Yes. Like, it, it does not look like his face is actually touching, especially. I have a picture of AJ doing it to somebody here, and you can see the guy with his arms locked around um, AJ's uh, ankles, and his head is up. So when he hits, his head is up. It, it's a terrible-looking move, in my opinion, and it's not executed very well. Um, the swanton depending on who does it, and Jeff Hardy does it absolutely fantastic. You can't forget that this guy has done it like from 20 feet above on a ladder, et cetera, et cetera. And it may not hit every time, but it sure is a crowd pleaser. And really that's two things that a finishing maneuver is trying to do is impress the crowd, enhance the match, which is kind of the same thing. And then of course, knock the guy out. That one to me is is much better move, believable move. Okay, well, unfortunately, uh, Styles Clash uh, in your case is moving on, uh, but I don't really get your uh, points. Steven Tombstone versus the DDT. So obviously, Tombstone that's the Undertaker. Everyone who's copied it since doesn't do it as good and ddt to me is jake roberts that's the first person him and arn anderson but really jake roberts because that was his finishing move um i'm going tombstone just because i actually prefer that move okay and jonesy uh, I'm actually going with the DDT. Again, I think it's a better move. It looks like it hurts a hell of a lot more than the Tombstone. Uh, depending on who does the Tombstone, uh, the way the Undertaker originally did it, he actually used to hook his arm uh, around the guys uh, kind of like this. It's kind of hard to show, but if you watch his early matches, he used to almost spike him down with it, and he only had one hand around his waist. Uh, I thought it actually was a much better looking move the way he originally done it. A lot of the times, especially when he just drops down to his knees, 
it does not look like it hurts that much. It's not done forcefully. Of course, we know why it's not done forcefully because it would be a lot harder to do and not actually really hurt the guy. So that's why a DDT, especially if it's sold well, I think is just a more powerful and quicker pop move than the tombstone that actually has a setup where DDT doesn't doesn't have to have a setup. Okay, well, yeah. Um, I think I also saw Fit Finley in WCW using the tombstone when he, he was... Yeah, was oh, yeah. He, he's used it as well. Yeah. Uh, and, then I, and it was interesting that the WCW named it the tombstone as well, even though that's a trademark of another company. So um, the thing is, I'm going to go with DDT as well because nobody was out to ban the uh, Tombstone Piledriver. There was motions to get the DDT banned from being used in wrestling uh, when Jake was using it and stuff like that. Uh, of course, I'll say K-Fig, but there was uh, a motion to get it banned, and uh, that didn't happen with Tombstone. And, you know, there's variants of it with the double-arm DDT that uh, Foley and uh, Moxley use. So yeah, I'm going with that, and also uh, RKO, Wayne Wharton's uh, version off a uh, the ropes is unique as well. So DDT is going to move on. Jonesy, you get to have the RKO or Diamond Cutter uh, going against the Codebreaker. Uh, both of these moves, I think, are pretty good moves. Uh... Uh, the RKO cutter is uh, grabbing the head of the opponent while facing away from the opponent and pulling forward while both parties land flat, grabbing the guy's neck, blam. Um, and, of course, the opponent is supposed to be landing on his stomach and face. Uh, the, the, the giver lands on his back. Uh, the cold breaker is a face-to-face -face move. Uh, wrestler jumps up while grabbing opponent's face and puts knees to his the opponent's face and drops down smashes the knees against the opponent's face i could have worded that better but hey uh it's kind of hard both of them you can do pretty quick uh they both look like they can hurt even if you don't especially if you don't do it right um I'm going with the cutter, the RKO, because even though the code breaker, mostly Jericho using that move, making it a name, uh, the cutter is just faster, uh, especially the fact that Randy Orton has done it in so many different ways and made a move that so many people have used and made it to his own, uh, where that one is a lot like more surprising when it happens than I think the cold breaker. And we don't like Jared Go, so <laughs> and I also am going to go with the uh diamond cutter, the RKO. Originally I saw it as a diamond cutter before Randy Orton obviously uh, started using it. And uh as we're going to discuss uh tomorrow with uh uh those this week in history, Triple H actually used it in his debut match. Uh, coming to WWE as Hunter Helmsley. So it's a, a move that can be done out of nowhere. That's why you always see those memes of uh, RK out of nowhere uh, on different other sports uh, players. And when they do some sort of uh, blooper reel, somebody's always uh, putting that over top of that. So, yeah, I'm going with uh, the cutter, and I'm betting Steven is too. Do I actually have to say it out loud or 
Yeah, just make it official. Well, hmm. Hmm. Well, it's not going to be the fucking code breaker. There we go. <laughs> but do you think the code breaker is a good move? Like, it looks pretty no. good. You don't think I it looks good? somebody else? No, I'm not a big fan of it. Even if it wasn't Jericho, okay. I, I'm not a, I don't like it. I think it's. You think it's not a finisher, I, maybe just a stun move? A quick yeah, because I've seen, especially in New Japan, that's been used for a while. And especially if you watch COVID Jericho do it or Fatty, um, it, it's like this far. It, the opponent's face never comes to the, the legs or the knees. And half the time, his fat ass couldn't get up high enough to make it look good, so it didn't matter. There we go. But yeah, no, um, I'm, I think it's a... I've seen guys like... Some of the X Division guys who have copied it since, and it actually looks decent, but Jericho's fat ass just kind of falling back and just kind of uh, kind of putting a foot up? No. <laughs> Understandable. Uh, matchup number four is the spear versus the elbow drop. Of course, the spear, uh, originally probably uh, most famously as the gore by uh, Rhino. Uh, Bill Goldberg using as a spear, Edge as a spear, and Roman Reigns uh, doing the spear. Um, of course, obviously, per opponent's down. The uh, person hitting it is coming for directly at you like a football tackle and knocking the wind right out of you. Um, Always great hearing uh, them, uh, Joey Styles yelling, gore, gore, gore. But, uh, yeah, so it's the spear taking on the elbow drop. Of course, most famous elbow drop is coming from the Macho Man Randy Savage. Up on the top rope and just sailing down and hitting you right in the sternum. Uh, it's been copied by Shawn Michaels, uh, took it over. Uh, of course, uh, Bailey, uh, I believe also uh, Sasha Banks. There's a lot of people using the elbow drop, but it's a lot of times in tribute to Randy Macho Man Savage. Um, done the wrong way, the spear can really uh, mess you up because we've seen what has happened to Goldberg. But, you know, nothing beats seeing Randy Savage, especially when you were able to slow-mo it, uh, having him dropping an elbow, especially on uh, Hogan all the time. Um, I'm going with the elbow drop, and of course, people know I have a uh, fondness for Randy Macho Man Savage, anyways. Because he's is it a fondness or a fast or a fantasy? No, not that way. Just he's what got me into wrestling. So, like to soup you down, brother. That's right. So, Stephen, your pick. Oh, it's the elbow drop. Uh, I think anyone can do the spear and i don't find it a realistic finisher playing football it's not realistic where that elbow drop looks like it could kill you if you dropped it across the throat or on the face or the or the heart or but the the gore i mean rhinos look good when he was in ECW and I seen him perform it here at Fanshawe for I don't even remember if it was BCW or someone but a, lo a lot of them don't look good and it's just gotten 
Everyone does a spear, and it's not a finishing move. Understandable. And Jonesy. Um, I'm actually going pretty much the opposite of what he said. I do agree somewhat with what he said, but I find the elbow drop, unless it's Macho Man, it's not a finishing maneuver, unless you actually hit him in the face with it. Uh, I, I see it more of a, uh, a showing move that you could have done just standing up and not jumping higher. You just make sure you give it more when you go from the mat. Uh, the spear is a great move, of course, depending on who does it. I think Edge does it fantastic. Uh, Rhino's great at it. There's a few that are good at it. but See, I don't I find Edge is any good anymore. I, I, I like, think that... Like, even Roman Reigns can hit it pretty good. I, th I think it's a move that it's only good if both guys have their timing because the one guy, when, when the guy doing the spear, once he has him and lifts him up in the air, it's the other guy's job to sell it, sweeping his legs and going down hard. Then it looks like a great move. It looks like a finisher. If not, it can look like just a bad move. Um I gotta, I'm going to go with the spear because I think if done right, it's a much better looking move and it comes out of nowhere. And that's what I like about that move. Yeah, just to counter what you were though saying with uh, the elbow drop now not looking like a finisher. And that's unfortunate because too many things that were finishers are kicked out of nowadays. But obviously it was a finisher when it was used by Randy Savage. The spear is no longer a finisher like it was when uh, Rhino was using it. Uh, or even Goldberg in his height of really, it, yeah, the spear wasn't his finishing move. It was a setup. But when he hit the spear, it was spear, jackhammer, good night. Yeah. And that so doesn't happen anymore. Part of that finishing. But now it's every other person's hitting a spear and every other person's. Well, not I, I don't find I see as many elbow drops as I do spears. Like if I turned on to all petite wrestling at eight o'clock, I would see probably seventy-five spears, four hundred cartwheels, a few somersaults. So, and that's going to come up with their uh, matchup number six with the super kick. It was a finishing move, and now it's not. But it's in here because of it being a finishing move. But we'll talk about that in just a couple minutes. So uh, the elbow drop is moving on past the spear. Matchup number five. Steven, you get to uh, give us pedigree versus powerbomb. So when you say pedigree, it's obviously Triple H. And powerbomb to me is always Kevin Nash. That's who makes me think of it. Sid. Yeah, I guess Sid. But if you said powerbomb... Sorry, Adam Bomb did it too. No, he did the uh, the um, pump handle slam. Okay, I thought he did it too, but no, he did the pump Adam handle bomb. Handle. How did he not do it? <laughs> well, because he had the atomic bomb, which is the pump handle slam. Dumbass. <laughs> I mean, here's another move: the power power bomb, jackknife power bomb that used to finish matches now it's like a handshake at the start of the match everyone gets a power bomb usually off the top rope 
through 14 tables that are all flaming and have hypodermic needles somewhere in there. And then they get up and do a handshake after. Um, the pedigree is obviously Triple H and Seth Rollins because I don't really know, other than Stephanie McMahon when she was wrestling. Can you think of anyone else who does it? No. It was limited, and which made it unique. I'm going still powerbomb. I found the pedigree. I don't know. I, I like the move, but I could never really buy it other than Triple H during his big run of it actually being a finishing move because he'd get the guy up and the guy's legs would and it almost looked like he spiked them into some sort of pal driver type. And then as everyone started getting older, there was less and less jump to it. But the power bomb, when you had Kevin Nash, Diesel, or Kevin Nash, Diesel, Psycho Sid, Sid doing that, it was, you could almost buy that someone was getting knocked out or at least at worst, the wind being knocked out of them. Just the sheer force of the height. And I, I now understand wrestling a lot better. But as a kid, I actually thought they were being dropped on the back of their neck just based on the move. I mean, the giant was. I, I saw that and I thought, oh, he's dead. I was going to mention that. <laughs> but I mean, to me, it's the powerbomb. Okay, Jonesy, what's your pick? Uh, I'm the powerbomb too. I personally think the pedigree is one of the worst finishing moves in professional wrestling. It's a terrible move. Um, and I agree the fact that it did look a lot better when he was younger. But a lot of the time, he the, the guy the guy is not even coming close to hitting the mat. And that's another move that it's. It's more so the guy getting it done that has to sell that than the guy giving it. And a lot of people just can't sell that pedigree worth shit. Um, so that's why I think the powerbomb is so, mu such a better move that even if you screw it up, it's going to look like it hurts. Yeah, the only time I uh, – two times that I can say two bad powerbombs happened – was WrestleMania 11 when Diesel did it to Sean, but of course that's one of his best friends. And unfortunately when uh, Kevin Nash tried it on Big Slow, uh, the giant, uh, that he nearly spiked him. But, you know, you have uh, everybody else, and even the other variant with uh, Undertaker being the last ride and elevating it even further as a powerbomb. Like, it's well, look at, more um, devastating move than Triple H dropping to his knees. And a lot of times, as you guys pointed out, they missed uh, having their face planted. Sometimes he'd let go I of mean, the underhook. When he, when he was younger, though, and like all the guys were a lot younger, the pedigree was not as bad as it is now. I think a, some of our problem is we only see the this high of a jump in it, then killing the guy. If you look at some of the old pedigrees, he did underhook, and it, it looked like it was going to be deadly. But that ended pretty quick, and now it's this high of a jump, and let go of the arms, and everyone try to make as much noise as possible. Yep. 
So Powerbomb is moving on 3 nothing, and we're moving on to our next one, matchup number six, Jonesy. The stunner versus the super kick. You know, essentially, Michaels versus Austin. Yeah, the stunner, it's a fast move. It looks painful. Um, and it can also look silly if it's um, done to Mr. McMahon. Uh, it's most, Steve Austin made it uh, famous, but it's been around for a long time. Other people have used it. Uh, the super kick, there's anticipation to it coming to the super kick, especially if Michaels is doing it. Um, so I kind of like the fact that there's more buildup to the super kick, but the stunner, of course, if it was awesome, he gave the fingers and that's why I got to let the stunner go by because it looks like it hurts. Uh, I think it's hard to not make it look like it hurts. Uh, but I, th I think it can be screwed up pretty easily as well. But uh, I got to go with the stunner, especially given the fingers before you do it. Fantastic. Yeah, it was a yeah, really great visual. Uh, of course, McMahon's first stunner just looked really ridiculous. But he, uh, Steve Austin has stunned every member, including uh, Linda, of the McMahon family, uh, probably even Hornswoggle, uh, for that matter, Uh but, you think at yeah. communion that uh, they'll bring the kids by, Hunter's kids by, and Steve Austin will pfft, on their 13th birthday or something? You know? Maybe like a bar mitzvah, here's your stunner. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. Uh, but, yeah, so there's that. And now Kevin Owens does it. He got permission from Steve to do it. And Steve uh, didn't like how he did it at first but and uh, told him how to do it properly. Super kick. I love Shawn Michaels. The, the moment of, uh, I love you, I'm sorry, I love you, uh, the super kick to Ric Flair ending his career is going to go down in history, but then you get morons like uh, Matt and Nick Jackson. No, that, you're saying the wrong name, the Young Twigs. There we go. Who, or, the Cowabunga, uh, or the Cowabunga Kids. Uh, <laughs> yep, that too. Cucamonga Kids. Oh, yes, the Cucamonga Kids. But, uh, yeah, you got those guys who just throw them out like it's uh, giving out Halloween treats. And it totally just diminished the whole move. Lance Storm used to deliver a really good one, uh, equal to Shawn Michaels, in my opinion. But I actually think all... Lance Storm's was better. I can uh, accept that argument as well. But, you know, they were delivering super kicks that looked good. Now... They're just a regular thing, as I mentioned with the elbow drops. So I got to go with the stunner. Steven. I'm actually going super kick. Wow. If Owens didn't bring his version of a stunner in, and then John Cena has his weird-ass version of the stunner, it's actually watered it down too much because they don't know how, how to perform the the move correct it actually makes the move look a lot more not finish uh, not a finish more vulnerable move. more vulnerable yeah. yeah and i was just thinking kind of the odd part is the guy who kind of created the stunner was john laranitis which i mean if if like i said if it didn't get moved on to um, Steve Austin. 
from no, but I'm thinking if it was just Steve Austin, Steve, the stunner would get my vote because Austin could perform it. I, d I don't like recycling of a move and if they don't know what they're doing to make it look good. I mean, yes, the Kukumanga kids and everyone else does super kicks, but looking at Lance Storm, Shawn Michaels, and not not so much the over-the-top stand in the corner for two minutes and tap your foot, Shawn Michaels, but he would go up to the top. You knew he hit that switchblade uh, elbow drop. Then he was in the corner. He'd nip up into the corner, super kick, one, two, three. Uh, to me, the super kick looks more realistic that you could actually knock someone out. You're kicking the person in the jaw. Yep, I can uh, get that. Unfortunately, uh, like you said, with others watering down, Kukumungi Kids watered uh, super kick down for me. Uh, so we go to speaking of speaking of watered down moves. Match number seven, the Canadian Destroyer. It was uh, this came up with by Canadian uh, PD Williams, and was a really good move. And you know he'd uh, lock uh, head under, flip over, and you do the whole flip, and almost looks like a uh, flipping pile driver. Uh, when you uh, execute it, and it was very rarely used. Now it's almost a thing used daily. Like Dustin Rhodes, as much as I'm a fan of Dustin, he's using it, and I'm just like, really? Every Why? wrestler using it. Every and wrestler uses that move. Yeah, just, it's uh, it's like a clothesline now. And then you got the GTS. Uh, which was uh, designed by Kenta Kobayashi and taken by uh, CM Punk. Wrestler on top of your shoulders in a fireman's carry position and then dropped onto a knee, uh, crushing into the face and basically go to sleep. Um, so as much as the Canadian Destroyer is a pretty move, GTS is more effective, almost like you said, with the uh, super kick going right to your jaw. This is going to your uh, temple, your nose, and has been seen to break somebody's nose if done improperly. But I've also seen people knock out with it. Exactly. So I'm going to go with the GTS on this one and uh, send it over to you, Stephen. I mean, I would love the to pick the Canadian Destroyer because the first time I saw PD Williams do that move, I think every person who'd seen it for the first time was just in awe of what we just saw because that was not something you saw every match. And then PD Williams and then who else? Oh, every fucking wrestler uses that move now. Uh, so, no, it's GTS. I mean... Unfortunately, the Canadian Destroyer was just prostituted out. I mean, I've seen them top rope GTS to the floor through 12 tables, and that's a break spot. Yeah. So when think... Petey Williams hit it, it was impressive, and he would knock people out. 
I think when you just mentioned about a top rope one, uh, I don't know if it was fully that, but I remember being in Toronto at the Phoenix for a Northern tournament for uh, Smash, and it was Mia Yim against Riddle, uh, or Matt Riddle at the time, and it was almost a top rope Canadian Destroyer and then a kick to the face, and still a kick out. I just remember Petey Williams hitting that, and that was it. Now it's like, I'll do 12 Canadian Destroyers across the ring, then we'll do them this way. Like, it's just to the point of where it's ridiculous. So it's GTS. Jonesy is a clean sweep. You're on mute. Sorry, I was on mute. I'm having congestion issues. Um, the Canadian Destroyer, I think, is a much better move, more entertaining to watch. Yes, it's been prostituted out, but I much rather watch a shitty Canadian Destroyer over a good GTS. I personally think the GTS is one of those crappy magic moves that they try to use that unless you actually perform it for real, it just doesn't look good unless you've got the right camera angle, et cetera, et cetera. The Canadian Destroyer, pretty much anybody can do that move if you understand how it works. Uh, I had to watch it many, many times to kind of grasp it in, in my head what was actually going on. To me, it looks like an optical illusion if it's done right. It's an amazing looking move. I think it's the best move on the list. Doesn't mean it's the best one that's gonna win on the list, but I think it's the most unique and it's got a lot going uh, on it. So I got to go with the Canadian Destroyer. I think the GTS is fucking boring. Well, as pretty as it is, it's unfortunately got watered <laughs> down. And uh, Petey Williams could have uh, taken it to the finals uh, if it was only his move. And Steven, you want to finish off this bracket with the rock bottom against the frog squash? So... Again, we're talking two moves that I find have been abused by wrestling nowadays. Uh, rock bottom or the bookend, because Booker T kind of used it almost around the same time, I feel like. Yep. Am I right on that? That seems yeah. about, it was about the same time, I feel. They were using it at the same time because uh, it always seemed to be in WCW and WWE. There was somebody using the move each time, but only one person using the move. I actually don't like that move. I just find it too, like, they have to be helped to do that move. I just find it very not quick and or entertaining. Frog Splash. I mean, you've got Eddie Guerrero, obviously, to me, is the one who, if you said the move, that's the one, the name that brings it to attention for me. Uh, again, it's a move that's now been used by everyone. I'm still going Frog Splash because it was, or the the five-star Frog Splash by RVD. To me, it's, especially when RVD does it, he hits and then he like flips up and he grabs his ribs like he actually did it. So I just find that much more, 
to me more realistic as a finisher because the rock bottom always led to i don't ever really remember him pinning people at the rock bottom because it was always seen by the people's elbow yeah, uh, the bookend uh, usually was more of a the finisher uh, than that. But Jonesy, what's your pick? There we go. Uh, the frog splash by a mile. Um, the the rock bottom, I think, is a boring move. Uh, I liked it when Big Boss Man did it because his setup actually had the guy running towards him and then he'd do it. Um, but the standing rock bottom, and then he would use the friggin' people's elbow, which to me, if the move worked, why are you using an elbow to wake him up? Because that's basically what you're doing. Uh, I never understood that combination. And the frog splash, I think D'Lo Brown also did a really good one. Um, and it looked good because he was a little heavier, um, so he had more force coming down. So, uh, frog, yeah, the frog splash. Yeah, then when you have D'Lo wearing it, he, uh, doing it, he was wearing his chest protector. Uh, right now, you got Dominic uh, Mysterio doing it uh, in honor of Eddie. And, of course, one that is uh, looking really good right now is uh, uh, from the Street Profits, uh, Montez Ford. And he's he gets so much height out of his and turns. It's a thing of beauty compared to the rock bottom. Steven. Who did the one Steven. who did the, who did the frog splash that turned? He'd jump and then midway. Was that R V D R V D would do that a lot? Well, that's because he never actually set his opponent up. He'd just put him wherever and then jump and hope and pray. <laughs> um, okay, so round one we had Styles Clash beat. Uh, Swan Ton 2 1 DDT beat Tombstone 2 1 RKO Cutter beat Codebreaker 2 3 0. Uh, Elbow Drop beat Spear 2 1. Uh, Power Bomb beat Pedigree 3 0. Stunner beat Super Kick 2 1. GTS beat Kane Destroyer 2 1. Frog Splash beat Rock Bottom 3 0. Setting up a second round of Style Clash DDT. RKO Cutter versus Elbow Drop, uh, Powerbomb versus Stunner, GTS versus, pardon me, Frog Splash. Yeah, so um, obviously, Jonesy, you're surprised that uh, probably the Canadian story didn't make it through. Anything else uh, surprised that uh, did not advance that you thought would have? And I'm just going to throw this out to uh, people watching and listening right now. Uh, throw a comment and let us know how uh, you think we're doing so far on breaking this down. But any surprises, guys? I didn't like I, the fact that the Styles Clash made it through. Uh, that befuddles me. The setup, I love. I think it should be more he drops down and then turns it into almost a modified Boston Crab. That would make sense because it just does not look. The only thing it's doing is maybe giving the guy a pink belly. It just does not look good in my opinion. Maybe I haven't seen the right guy do it because I don't think AJ does it very well. Steven, anything on your end? Um, I'm surprised the code breaker didn't win. <laughs> sure you are. Uh, I mean, I thought the tombstone would win, but I knew 
that would be a tough one because it's DDT Tombstone. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we'll move on to the next uh, matchup in the first round of the second. First match of the second round, should I say. Jonesy, you want to tell us about the Styles Clash and DDT pick? Um, the DDT is a simpler move as far as having to set it up. It's a lot quicker. The Styles Clash has uh, more setup. I do like the spot where he wraps the guy's arms around with his ankles. It's just the payoff to me isn't very good. Uh, so I got to go with the DDT because the payoff, you can sell it a hell of a lot better, that move, than the way that you land with the Styles Clash. The only thing you can do is like grab your face or whatever. So to me, the DDT is just better for camera and a lot quicker of a move. Yeah, so if uh, people were watching, uh, I also uh, picked DDT as uh, my pick for this. Uh, Jake Roberts always did the short arm clothesline and then picked him up and did the DDT uh, there. Uh, of course, I mentioned the double underhook ones, but Styles Clash not as easily gotten into as uh, a quick DDT can be. So I'm uh, going with that. Steven, is it a clean sweep or were you picking Styles Clash? Uh, clean sweep. I like the Styles Clash. I just, it's against the DDT, so. Understandable. So we go on to our next uh, one, and it's the RKO Diamond Cutter uh, move against the elbow drop. Um, Got to go with the uh, RKO cutter just because it can be done from out of nowhere. Uh, and there's so many different variations. I've seen DDP do it. I think it was on Raven through a table for off the second rope and stuff like that. It just, it's so much easier to do rather than having to get your opponent down, get them in a prone position, hope the heck that he stays there long enough for you to climb the top rope do your pose, especially if you're Randy, and then do your uh, leaping off the uh, top turnbuckle. And it's a move that you can crash and burn and uh, blow out your elbow if you do it wrong as well. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going with uh, the RKO cutter. Steven? I'm going elbow drop. I just think the cutter's used way too much. Everyone uses the cutter. If it was, if it was only Orton and DDP, then we'd be talking different. But every person uses Cody. a cutter, and it's just like I could turn on all petite wrestling here in ten minutes and see three hundred cutters, and none of them are a finisher. So to me, it's okay. it's not a finishing move anymore. At least the elbow drop. I would consider a finishing move. Jonesy. Well, the, you know what, what I don't like about the elbow drop is it's given to the chest, which most don't sell it. If that really happened to you, you pop up and then fall back. A lot of them don't. There's just, you know, I'm knocked out. I don't think it would knock you out. You'd be gasping for breath. Um, mind you, the elbow drop is a lot easier for the cameraman and anyone wanting to snap a picture because the RKO can come out of nowhere. 
so I got to go with the RKO because, again, it's one where it can be used as a, as a finisher or it can be something that can buy the guy time to, you know, get get back into the, the uh, match. So I got to go with the RKO on that. Okay, so RKO moves on to face DDT in the uh, semifinals, and that sets up our next one, which is the Powerbomb versus Stunner. Steven. I'm going to go Powerbomb. I just think it's a more impressive finishing move. Again, if it was just Steve Austin, we'd probably be talking a different outcome for me, but... You just watch Kevin Owens and John Cena's second rope spinning kind of grab the guy by the head and hug. Like, it's just, it's not to me a, a finishing move anymore. So I, I, I'm going powerbomb. Jonesy? Yeah, I agree. The powerbomb, it also has, I think it can be modified a heck of a lot more than the stunner can be. Uh, even uh, Kevin Nash, when he debuted as Oz, the, the power type of power bomb that he gave there was he lifted him up, and then with one arm he actually spun him as he went down to the mat. Uh, and and certain wrestlers, I'm trying to think who who it was. I think it was um, Kevin Nash that gave it to the guy like three or four times in a row. It might even have been Mikey Whitbrick that had it done to him by somebody, but uh, it's one of those where you can do it and then pick that, hold it, hold it, pick up the guy and do it again. And again, I, I think it's a fantastic move. Yep. And somehow we lost Steven. I don't know what happened to him, uh, but yes. So uh, for me, Powerbomb is uh, going through and uh, hopefully we uh and still at least uh, do some texting to Steven. Uh, you want to send him a message, I'll ask him, but oh, there he is. Yeah, Sorry. Sorry, there I spilled water go. and I went to clean it up and I hit a button and then I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Oh, like, we, like we said last week. You have SpaghettiOs? Uh, there is still SpaghettiOs. Jonesy, you want to do GTS versus Frog Splash? Uh, uh, Frog Splash. Uh, again, the GTS, I just find it to be a boring move unless you're going to actually do it for real um, because it just does not look – it does not look good in wrestling. looks a lot better in real fighting but not in wrestling, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, the Frog Splash as well. It just uh, looks uh, prettier. And it, uh, as much as it has been done, it hasn't been overly embarrassed, should I say, in certain uh, things, like we talked about the Canadian Destroyer. Uh, so I'm going with uh, that to move on to go against the Powerbomb. But Stephen... Is it a clean sweep, or is there hope for the GTS? I love the GTS, but I'm going to go flog, Frog Splash. Okay, so this sets up our semifinals. So we had DT, DDT beats Style Clash 3-0, Cutter RKO beat the Elbow Drop 2-1, 
Powerbomb beat Stunner 3-0. Frog Splash beat GTS 3-0. Setting up DDT versus Cutter RKO. Powerbomb versus Frog Splash. Excellent. Uh, so some really good uh, moves here. You're looking at uh, some top uh, superstars still also available uh, using them. Uh, and I will start off this one with DDT against the Cutter. Uh, almost the same sort of move in a way, except for one has a going uh, two different directions, one with the face uh, away from you, one going along with you. Um, just the diversity of how the RKO and Cutter can be done compared to the DDT needing more of a setup just to get in that position where your head is underneath uh, the arm. Uh, I'm going with the RKO uh, cutter. Steven. I'm going DDT. I just think the DDT looks better. Jonesy? Yeah, except for Randy Orton, uh, the DDT, especially if it's sold right, it can look devastating. So I got to go with DDT. Okay, so DDT moves on to the finals, and we'll see who is uh, doing the other one. Uh, Steven, Frog Splash versus Powerbomb. Powerbomb. I'll be right back. Okay. But it's Powerbomb. Jonesy? Uh, I'm uh, going with the power bomb as well. Uh, the frog oh. splash looks pretty and everything, and I it might even be better for the crowd because you don't get that many top turnbuckle moves, at least not years ago. Uh, so um, the power bomb. Yeah. Uh, so in my case, I love uh, the power bomb. Uh, guys like Kevin Nash and uh, Sid were a couple of my favorites, especially using that. And I mentioned uh, the. Last ride with Undertaker uh, doing uh, his uh, version of it. Frog Splash, so pretty to be able to, especially when RVD did it, because he just hit your opponent maybe with a uh, rolling senton and then leap up quickly from the mat to the uh, top rope and then uh, stretch out, which uh, made it uh, a visual uh, how he did the combination that way. But my vote really doesn't matter, and it's going to be the finals with the power bomb against the uh, power. I mean DDT. I'm just getting my notes here. And any thoughts on that? How it uh, worked out there, Chris? Uh, not really. Uh, the power bomb, frog splash. It is a uh, hard to decide between the two, but uh, for me, the power bomb is kind of like a staple. Uh, if you're a big guy, you should be able to do it. And the lighter the guy, the uh, I think the more devastating it can look. Um, I think the DDT is easier to not screw up. And even if you do, it can still look, you know, painful. Um, where the power bomb, if you screw up, you can break a guy's neck a lot easier, and, and it can also look terrible. Um, if 
you know, the person getting it done doesn't hold themselves up as they're coming down. So uh, that uh, brings us to our final. Which way I think the Undertakers was the one of the safer ones because holding them, that made sure that they could not bend backwards and screw up the move. Oh, with the uh, last ride and being able to Yeah, when he was able to hold guys like Jeff Hardy and that, and he could blam. But they were getting quite the wedgie at times uh, because he was pulling up uh, trunks uh, when he raised them above <laughs> their head. Uh, to the uh, He wasn't uh, holding any body parts. He was holding clothing. Uh, so we have DDT against Powerbomb, and you get to uh, make the pick. Uh Again, it's a, it's it's a hard one. Uh, the DDT to me can be. It looks more painful as far as the guy's face or top of the head, depending how it's sold, uh, is driven into the mat. Uh, but the power bomb can be done where not only is it a finisher, but it also results in a pinning position. Uh, and you've knocked the, the wind out of the guy and you're holding him down. Uh, that's why I got to go with the parabomb. Yeah, and um, I was just sitting here thinking for a second, and it dawned on me. We talked about the powerbomb uh, being the last ride. We talked about the jackknife powerbomb, Sid's powerbomb. But oddly enough, we didn't mention Ahmed Johnson. The Pearl River Plunge was pretty much a... Piledra, I, I mean, they uh, powerbomb, he underhooked, he underhooked, turned up, and he sat down with it and got his uh, legs into a position to do the pinning. Because when you said about how you can get into a pinning position with it, uh, it made me think of the Pearl River Plunge. Uh, ah. that, and so that's kind of a powerbomb, too. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. I, 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 Ahmed Johnson, honestly, is not a name that comes to my mind when I think of wrestling because he had such a short um, burst in WWF and then his career kind of went to the shitter. Yeah, and then if you saw him, Big T in WCW and... Yeah, because he was pretty good in WWF at the beginning. He was mean looking, he could wrestle, but then... (laughs) And now he doesn't even look like himself uh, anymore. You wouldn't recognize him on the street. Uh, Yeah, just... Twice the size of been uh, from when he was Ahmed Johnson. So Tony Norris, yeah, not the same guy anymore. But I'm agreeing because of that thought with uh, Ahmed, and odd that this is making the decision. But the, our winner tonight is going to be the Powerball. Just so many different variations that can be done with it instead of just the head between your uh, arm and dropping down. So, as And it's ironic that the power bomb won because Steve apparently was taken out by a DDT. Yeah, may have. But, uh, yeah, so uh, we'll catch up with Steve hopefully tomorrow uh, with the uh, regular podcast. And we're going to make it a uh, special 45th birthday uh, celebration. So bring your uh, alcohol. I got a whole table full of alcohol right here. And so, uh, yeah, and also a fridge. So bring your alcohol, bring your uh, well wishes, bring your uh, comments uh, about wrestling and uh, talent. Come on uh, and be a part of the show because 
hey, we like doing spontaneous interviews, uh, as you've seen recently with uh, Pretty Ricky and uh, Rex Atkins. So uh, we'd love to have you uh, be a part of it. Speaking of Rex, uh, he is the subject of Stephen O'Neill's Slugging with Stephen, uh, which can be found on uh, cwnonline.ca. And he does that uh, weekly uh, write-up, 10 questions with uh, talent. Uh, right now, uh, I think basically it's been the Ontario Indie uh, talent or just independent uh, talent in general uh, that he's uh, been fortunate enough to reach out to and uh, get these uh, questions answered. Hopefully, uh, I'll progress. But that is a weekly thing, Tuesdays at 6 p.m. on CWN online.ca uh, and he's uh, been uh, doing really good with uh, putting those together and then of course uh, tomorrow at noon what do we got uh, Chris we have uh, uh, the history of wrestling uh, and it would be the week of May 14th there we go 14th to the 20th um, yeah. Not too sad of a week, not too many deaths, if I recall. So um, a lot of birthdays. A lot of birthdays. That's right. It was a Which lot of birthdays. We think about doing a birthday celebration tomorrow at eight o'clock for the podcast. Uh, also, uh, during the podcast, we'll look at uh, WD's offering of uh, WrestleMania backlash and the uh, results from that. I'm just going to remove Stephen for a moment until he comes back. If he comes back. And just have us there. Uh, so, yeah. And just a reminder, we are on Pro Wrestling Tees, ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Scumbags Wrestling, where you can buy T-shirts. T-shirts right now for April and May. Our uh, funds going to Jordito's uh, recovery. Seven-year-old little guy battling cancer, had to have uh, surgeries uh, involving his legs, needing uh, help recuperating to uh, walk better again. And, of course, the comic uh, book uh, cover, uh, 22 stars of the independent wrestling scene here in Ontario, designed by Nigel Lewis, and those shirts will always go to Stephen's wrestling journey. Stephen was actually on the bump uh, with WDE uh, earlier today, just after 11 o'clock. I uh, magically uh, found myself at home and watching it at that time. They were talking Kevin Owens, and then they brought in Stephen Spice. So Stephen's got a uh, charity with Stephen's wrestling journey. Going to have details tomorrow for his uh, next venture uh, and goal for raising funds. And we'll uh, give you more detail on that. I've been talking with his mom over uh, the last couple of days and weekend. And so we'll uh, definitely get that. So be sure to buy our t-shirts at prowrestlingtees.com backslash scumbags wrestling. And I also talked to his mom about the fact that when we do get back on the uh, road to going to indie shows, we're going to look to get another uh, comic book cover designed by Nigel Lewis, and Stephen's going to help pick some of the uh, talent that get put on that shirt. So uh, be sure to watch for that once the uh, restrictions start lifting and shows get back to bingo halls, auditoriums, bars, armories, wherever you get your independent wrestling from. So you got anything else you want to plug before we get out of here, Jonesy? As always, I'd like to thank uh, CoolBet for um, being our tag team partner, if you will, and uh, sponsoring us. Uh, of course, CoolBet, stay cool and bet responsibly. 
Excellent. So yeah, uh, thank you definitely to Coolbet for being part of that. And next week we are going to, I saw this picture and ran it past uh, Stephen at least. I'm not, not sure if uh, Jonesy had seen this picture. Uh, it was on Facebook uh, recently and it's actually the every Intercontinental Champion that has happened since uh, I believe uh, 2016. And if you look at it, it's actually 16 different uh, superstars. So it all worked out perfectly, uh, this pitcher did. And so we're going to put that into a tournament and see who's uh, been the greatest uh, Intercontinental Champion in the last five years. Uh, there's a good talent uh, pool there, and we'll uh, bring that to you next week when we uh, break down another fantasy warfare. So join us tomorrow for This Week in History, 12 noon, and the Scumbags podcast at 8 o'clock. Have a good one. If you want a variety of wrestling news and history, look no further than the Scumbags Wrestling family of shows. On Wednesday nights at 6 p.m., join Sean, Stephen, and Jonesy as we look for the best of the best and break it all down in a unique tournament format on Fantasy Warfare Tournament. Then, Thursdays at noon, take a look back at the rich history of our great sport with This Week in History. We live title changes, births, deaths, and some of the best events of all time. Finally, join us for the latest in wrestling news, show results, and predictions. There's 